All right, Bill and Nancy Burns, Future Theater fans, listen up. You guys are in for a treat. For the next couple months, as you know, Bill and Nancy are off the air. They're on a little hiatus working on some side projects. Well, guess what? For the next couple months until they return, Jesse Randolph's Euphonaut Radio will be switching time slots to 10 p.m. Eastern till midnight, Monday nights, just to accommodate some live radio until the return of Bill and Nancy Burns. So here we go, guys. Remember this. Put it on your calendar for the next couple months. Euphonaut Radio with Jesse Randolph, Christopher J. Brown, and myself will be live Monday nights at 10 p.m. till midnight. And then right after Euphonaut Radio is done, guess what? We have a best of episode with Future Theater. Remember, we've been on the air with them for a couple years now here on PSN Radio. So we're going to play a best of Future Theater episode live following Euphonaut Radio. So stick around for that, folks. This is Angel Espino once again for PSN Radio. What is truth? Truth is reality. It can be confirmed by evidence. It is verifiable. And we seek to find it. Welcome to Euphonaut Radio. Euphonaut Radio is a show that takes you on a truth journey outside the matrix to examine the worlds of ufology, the paranormal, and new science. Open your mind as we search for the truth that most are afraid to discuss. This is Euphonaut Radio with Jesse Randolph and Christopher J. Brown. Only on PSN Radio. Monday night, welcome everybody. Jesse Randolph here, Euphonaut Radio on another power-packed Monday evening. Where else would you want to be? It is 10-17-2016, which means it's Halloween, my favorite month of the year. Are you ready for some Halloween? We're going to get scary. We're going to do a lot of stuff on the show and gearing up. I want to talk about this new terrific channel I've been watching called Comet. I just ran into this thing when I was really stoned one night, and I was just channel surfing at like 3 o'clock in the morning. But hey, I don't want to go there just yet. I want to introduce everybody here to the Euphonaut players for tonight and talk about our guests real quick. Uh, first of all, welcome everybody. Of course, Jesse Randolph here on the mic, MC. To my right, the Honorable Chris J. Brown. And of course, as always, the angel, angel of ufology, Mr. Angel Espino. Welcome everybody. How you doing, guys? Good. Good. Fantastic. Are the uh, ready for the big show? A lot of people. I I do some of my best thinking while I'm stoned. By the way, just saying. Oh, okay. Well, I wasn't, and sure enough, I stumbled upon this channel. It's not in HD, so that's why I never go on that that side of the band. And sure enough, I find this channel, which is basically um, B sci-fi and to see horror movie stuff from like 1960 on and nice man so i know it's some of the best movies man and you fall into these movies you've never heard of um even for an old guy like me you know uh but anybody who hasn't watched any of these films you're missing out on some terrific pictures and 
most of you guys know I'm a horror movie junkie. I, I love the stuff, and I watch even the bad ones sometimes, a lot of times, actually. So like reanimate. very exciting. Yeah, like reanimate. That's a great one. Sure. Um, what By else? the way, have you seen Phantasm Ravenger, the new one? <laughs> I was about to say, I just watched that the other night, courtesy of a friend uh, ah, who will you. remain nameless. And, <laughs> yeah, so basically. Ticks is pretty bad. Ticks uh, is pretty bad. So uh, Ticks is tics, bad. Okay, tics is absent Ticks. Um, now, reanimate. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers, Chud. Yeah, we could go on and on. Nice. Let's see. I like that. Yeah, keep just just throwing them out there, like Leprechaun, like uh, Phantasm, as you brought up. They just well, remastered. No, 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 no. Phantasm is a classic, though. Now, Phantasm Revenge. Yeah, that is. That not is a classic. classic. I swear to God, I met, I met Angus Scrim once uh, oh goodness, in, a, really? in a weird way. He came in to do a voiceover for an internet company I was working at, and it was on a weekend. And sure enough, here he comes. And, oh, man, I was blown away. It was freaky. You know, to have the tall man enter oh. was totally bizarre. Was but he hey, really let's that not tall because you know movie magic and all. Was he really that tall, or was it movie magic? It was movie magic. I figured. Yeah. Rest yeah. yeah. in peace. By in the fact, way, I, I think we've talked about this, but um, I used to work in all kinds of jack all trade jobs when I was uh, in Los Angeles, as in my twenties. You know, I just bounce around paying the rent, and you fall into some pretty weird situations, but. One of them, I was working as a card runner. So I would run the digital camera cards from the photographers at the red carpet to these uh, kids on laptops in the press rooms. And they would chop them up real quick and then upload them to the servers for all the wire services, right? So uh, that particular evening, I was at something called the World Stunt Awards. And it was on some studio lot. I don't remember which one. Point is, is that I got to stand very close to a lot of famous people that I'd only seen on television, and they were fucking tiny. So yeah, you're yeah. right. Like Schwarzenegger, I mean, mm. I was so disappointed. Stallone's practically a midget. I'm just saying, small. Dude, than yeah. I, I didn't. Five okay, foot oh, six. Uh, I think it's Tom Cruise or whatever. A five foot six. <laughs> yes. Melson is I was very next short to him. Too. I was next to Cruz. He's tiny. I was next yes. to uh, Schwarzenegger. He's smaller than me, and I'm five eleven. So I'm not a very tall person. I'm average. So that means he's yeah. But below. Schwarzenegger, he's built. He's got the muscles on top of the muscles, <laughs> and his pictorials will crush you. They'll crush your soul. And then you get Maria, and they go to the chapel, and they'll kill everybody. <laughs> well, that's you know, funny because they say that Arnold is actually. If you go and you look on his his bio, it says that he's like six foot or six one or something. And so that just goes to show they're always you know like in, not, you know you know who's tall big though. What they are. You he's know who's tall though, and, and I met him in person, and he almost kicked my ass. Lou Ferrigno. What? Yeah, he no, is. he's tall. He's he's a, he's a he's, that's what I said. He's tall. Freaking like Hulk, impos- man. He's an imposing figure. Like you look at him, he like, stands up, and you're like. Hi. <sighs> Hello, Mr. Hulk. You can crush me with your bare arms. You're so huge. Like <laughs> uh, biceps are the movie. size of my, my head, dude. The, the, no kidding. His biceps are the size of my head. Just saying. Hold on. Dude. Have you seen that movie where he's selling his house, that, that Paul Rudd's trying to sell his house for him? No, I haven't. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. It's called uh, I Love You, Man. That's the name of the film, I Love You, Man. And it's a great film. If you haven't seen this film, it'll laugh your ass off. But anyway, he's got a bit role in it. Uh, let's move on here. Uh, anyway, I wanted to push Comet because for me it's on Xfinity 300 on the dial. Uh, 
not a lot of com- commercials and kind of like those cheap commercials that you almost like, you know, like stupid stuff and inventions and crap, 1995 shit, but not, you know, like drug commercials all the time and all abilify and all this other crud. So I really, I'm, I'm just loving it. And they have Wednesday nights. Wow. That was really bizarre. Did you guys hear that? I heard that. Oh, okay. yeah, I don't even know what it was. Yeah, no, I, I guess just want to say that a lot of strange things have been yeah, happening yeah. in the. A lot of strange things have been happening in the bunker uh, of recent, but that's a whole other story I can get into later. Anyways, uh, ch- check out the channel if you get a chance, because I'm sure these guys need some support. I also like on Wednesday nights they have outer limits all night. Uh, the old ones, of course. Um, which I, I love, nice. so yeah. they just keep rolling them, you know, and it's, it's a terrific channel. So when I'm bored and I don't want to want to watch Food Network, which is kind of my go-to, uh, and I can only watch Food Network if I have food. So if I don't have food, then I switch over to Comet. So there well, you go. You have a, that's what you have a fiancé for, man, so she can make you some food. You wake her up and be like, hey, girl, go to the kitchen, bake me a she, pie. Hey, hey, Johnny, Johnny Chauvinist. Uh, she's uh, she's at work at like eight o'clock every night, so that's, so that's why I'm not you, down when, here. When she's, in, when she's in bed, you you bump in like, hey girl, before you go to work, bake me a pie. Hey, you know what? She can bake a goddamn great pie too. That's the I amazing thing about her. Let me tell you something. I got lucky. That's not the point. The point is tonight, folks. We're gonna delve into a subset that you know I love to delve into, although it can be quite. How shall I say, walking on eggshells at times with our guests on the subject. And for that reason alone, I speak of abduction, of course, the subset of ufology. Uh, it's a very sensitive subject. It's one that you have to be sensitive to. You cannot F with these people. You have to try to hear them out. Okay. Um, and I've, I've done both sides of the fence with this. As long as the guest is respectful, I'm respectful, there's no problem. But they know that when they come on these programs that there's going to be uh, a slight level of scrutiny, of course. Healthy skeptic is what I like to refer to it as. The point being, uh, I refer to a show that, Angel, you did a while back where you had an issue with a quote-unquote abductee, and he got rather offended. Am I painting this correctly? Mm, And the abductee? Are we talking about uh, Ray? Wasn't it Ray Hernandez? Isn't he uh, doing a bunch of abduction research and yeah? He's involved. I guess he's an abductee. Yeah, kind of, sort of. If you want to call him that, if you believe his story, but that wasn't what got him upset with me, or what got you know the show to go the way it did. Um, we were actually very polite from the beginning of the show. We were nice to the guy. We were you know cordial. Uh, you know, we asked him you know proper questions, and there was one question in particular. When we got to it, he got very hostile. And if you listen to the audio. He got really bitter at the fact that I just asked him a couple times, like, you know, please answer this question for me. And no, 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 I remember. I remember. I remember. Hold on. Let I me refresh do, your memory. It had nothing to do with, uh, with abduction. It had to do with cancer. It didn't. I, yes, and that's what it was because it at the, at the time I was chatting with you. I wasn't on the show. I was listening live, Correct, which is yep. what everyone should do here because – we're doing this live, kids. This ain't a podcast. It's great. Mm-hmm. Live radio is awesome, and it's here all the time. Uh, I listen I to like PSN it. all the time. Yeah, it's pretty damn cool. 
Uh, shout out to Danny for putting this all together tonight, our new producer and savior. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's, let's just say it like this. I was chatting to you. The gentleman proclaimed that extraterrestrials had cured someone with cancer within his structure. Okay. Right. That's yep. what got both you and I a little miffed and then mm -hmm. proceeded to not support it with any verifiable proof which you had kindly asked him to provide or point in the direction of. He cool. got defensive, and that's yep. what happened. Now, yep. uh, that's what I'm talking about with becoming a healthy skeptic. Uh, of course, I want to support these people. If they've really been through this kind of situation, absolutely, we want to learn about it. We want to delve into it. It's just it's it's the most difficult pill to swallow in this subject. It is now, I do have a history more, with the, the guest you're having on tonight. I, I, there is a history with him in the network. Uh, in fact, he was the co-host of one of the shows here for a few months. Um, and I've heard his story, oh, wow. and it's a, it's a very interesting story. I mean, when you hear it, it, there's a lot of layers to what happened to him, what's happened to him, what's you know ongoing with uh, his case. So, I mean, I think you're going to genuinely uh, be kind of, you know, taken back a little bit. But when you hear, you know, the entirety of what he has to say. Well, I hope so. His name's Derek Tyler. He's got a book called Alien Contact, The Difficult Truth. And it took him two years to write. And according to the synopsis here, uh, it includes the most accurate, highly detailed uh, account of what takes place during, during both alien and military abduction events ever published by anyone. So that's a pretty big claim, obviously. And, and, I, and uh, I promise that tantalized like, me. He's not like Kermit the Frog, I promise you that. I don't. Uh, yeah, I am. I I have absolutely <laughs> zero uh, judgment, and that's the way I go into every show. I really do. You know, uh, I was joking with somebody the other day when they asked about the show. Most people, uh, layman friends of mine who don't know much about this topic, uh, they said, you know, who's going to be on tonight? And I think I said, oh, I think I got a time traveler. And they said, oh, you had a time traveler last week, I thought. And I said, no, he didn't show up. And they just started laughing, you know, and uh, I chuckle, too. But the, the God's honest truth is, kids, if you are paying attention to life as we know it right now, the strange life as we know it, ufology is not that strange anymore. It's really <laughs> become rather mainstream compared to what's going on outside just in the regular world here. It is absolutely bizarre. And I'll tell you this, gentlemen, uh, I was thrown a curveball the other day when Robert Morningstar was on the program and was a Trump supporter. Now, I don't want to get too far into it. I know <laughs> I think everyone who listens to the program knows where everyone stands, right? I support no one except Andrew Bassaccio. Mm -hmm. uh, Angel supports tr Trump blindly, and the Honorable uh, supports – Honorable, who are you supporting? Never voted before. I don't vote, so you just count me a, uh, a non-voter. And what is your reasoning for not voting? Rigged system. Rigged. Rig no, actually, rigged actually, no, it's not that. I believe it's a rigged system. I believe it's always been rigged, and nothing's going to change, and I don't ever – I don't want to buy into it. And and I just uh, – it just has never appealed to me. I've never been a – that's, I guess, been the, the biggest thing. So um, even before I got into the whole UFO thing, I had never – voted ever before and so i don't know it's just not my gig i think it's all rigged you know 
Okay, okay, fair enough. You know, I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and that, and and uh, you know, I, I know people, especially in Portland, because uh, this is a a, a cause driven town. So people uh, on any given day, there are uh, people protesting something. You know, uh, treatment of cats, whatnot. It, it's there every day. It's it's almost comedic and comical uh, in one sense, but. You just can't tell people that here. You know that, Chris. You've been to Portland enough. Uh, I, I get, uh, I haven't voted many years myself. And then mm-hmm. I got kind of, uh, I don't want to say educated, but I will say that uh, people have uh, steered me towards voting for somebody and participating. So I will do so this year. However, I am not joking around, folks. I refuse to vote for either candidate that is, uh, in the top yeah. uh, right now, uh, and I there's no way I can vote for Gary Johnson uh, because I think that's a wasted vote. So I'm going to vote protest vote. Oh, it's is, a wasted vote, but it's the right vote, I think. Well, here's, it's not point. really a wasted vote though, because I mean, if you vote for him, mm-hmm. you get him to pass a threshold of 15, 20 percent votes. If you can do that, you know, you legitimize his party or so-called party, uh, which makes them actually be able to debate in the next election, which is something they're trying to get to. You notice they never debated the Democrats or the Republicans. If they get mm-hmm. to a certain level in this election of votes, but I don't think Gary Johnson be a good president. Doesn't matter. He's not going to win. The whole point is to get that that party that voice. At this point, uh, that's really the, the, that's the, the intention right now. Everybody knows he's not going to win. He has absolutely no chance of winning. Well, I will steer you. You know, I tried to I tried to listen to you guys know I like Sean David Morton and uh, I get so much heat from it from Angel sometimes and other folks because you know Sean is in some fraud. circles uh, known as some sort of fraud and he's had some issues with the IRS or uh, things of that nature. Of dollars, you know, from people took their money hey, look, I don't judge. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not. All I can it, say you know. is I've met the guy. And I enjoy listening to his program. He's very knowledgeable. He's very entertaining. And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't know some of the personalities as well as you do, Angel. I listened to Jimmy Church a couple nights ago, and I enjoyed the show. Um, I, I've heard that. I know. Don't get upset. I'm just trying to be neutral here. How I dare just, you I, bring that name Hey, look. Up. I told you Heather Wade had a good show a couple months ago. I mean, come on. Well, and that's true. That's a, an event right there. So. You know, I mean, you said that. I was, I was, it was a good show. I haven't heard a good show since, but I don't listen every night anymore. I can't. I, Honestly, I was going to call the cops nice... and have them search your house to see if you, you were kidnapped because I didn't think that was you. Yeah, you know, I think I might have been shot at while I was trying to get to the, uh, the bunker tonight, you know, going down the stairs. I don't know. It could have been that or uh, my creaky steps. Don't know. But either way, folks, you can count on me being here live every Monday night Scarier than getting shot at on the way to the bunker is not being able to talk about ufology every Monday night. Because I'll tell you, it's a highlight of mine every Monday night. And this is no different. So getting back to ufology and getting back to abduction, because that's what we're going to be delving into tonight. Uh, For me, and I'm still a big uh, skeptic here, I was initially uh, groomed into ufology via abduction via uh, Bud Hopkins, of course. So uh, obviously all of you are familiar with Bud and his work and his life. Uh, I read all his books. I thought they were fascinating. And to my knowledge, it's been, what, you know, 30 years almost. 
there hasn't been, and this is, again, something that Robert Morningstar seemed to be a little defensive about. And you get defensive about it too, Angel, a little bit. I brought up, uh, I brought up Travis Walton as being really the only person that these folks seem to toot around as the uh, spokesperson for someone who's been abducted as their proof. You know, let's see, Travis, you know, has witnesses, obviously, and they've passed lo- multiple lie detector examinations by heavyweights. Um, there really is no rational explanation for what happened to Travis Walton. Um, and some of my very esteemed colleagues that I respect, like Angel and James Fox, who I think is terrific, is a major supporter of Travis Walton. So, you know, quality of the messenger is important. He seems like a very genuine fella, and he's been through something major. I've watched the films, and I know that they're not all that accurate. So uh, I guess my beef was, you know, this theme of making ufology relevant again. And I say that not as a cut. I say it because it sure would be nice if we could go there again. It would sure be nice if... Uh, if there really is a humongous subset, we're talking about thousands and thousands of people that are claiming mm-hmm. to be abductees. Thousands and thousands, gentlemen. Why am I only hearing about Travis Walton? Yeah. Why? I think it's because the media covered it so heavily and there were so many layers to that story. Like the lie detector test, he was gone for five days. You know, there was a federal investigation, a manhunt. I mean, there were so many different things that, were, that was going on. It's not just like one you know person coming forward and saying, uh, yeah, when I was 12, I saw some lights and then I woke up and I have missing time. Like, it, it's not one of those cases. Like, there's so many things that people lived through. Like, that, that was an event. It wasn't like something that just happened. You know, that was an event in Snowflake, Arizona where these people I agree. lived through this thing. So it's a little bit different than your average, you know, abduction case or... It was average- different. Exciting, in many ways, you know? it, yeah, like completely. I'll bring up another way it was different, uh, and you'll probably say, "Sure, you're right." Is um, Travis was gone for how many days? Five days. Yeah, and that doesn't yeah. happen normally in abduction. It's almost non heard of. So uh, that's and they strange. had jobs. These these guys oh. had jobs, by the way. So like they missed five days of work. Like you know, their livelihoods was put on the line here. Well, keep in mind that mm-hmm. not all of them were abducted. Just Travis. Right, but they were all in the house arrest. They couldn't. They literally the rest of the. Oh, they couldn't move anywhere. anywhere. Yeah, they could. Sure, they, they were, were all suspects. They're murderers. Yeah, exactly. They were murderers. They, they had yeah. police officers at their house. Hey, look, I, outside. I, 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 I don't. This is crazy. I don't. Uh, I've gone to see Travis speak. I've met him, and like I said, he seems very genuine. His story is obviously impressive and astounding, and it's one of those cases like the Ramses where you really don't get sick of hearing it. I get all that. But it's 2016, and I'm just trying to steer the boat a little differently. And so when I brought that up, that, you know, here's another conference, and who's speaking? Stanton Friedman and Travis Walton. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, really? Mm-hmm. You know, because I just feel like I'm going to be 60, which isn't a while, you guys. It's down the freaking road, so it's not happening tomorrow by any means. But I'm afraid that it's going to be, you know, Travis Walton and Stanton Friedman Jr. or something. You know, I just... I need more. That really I need that more. This is very <laughs> similar. This is very similar to when I went to, um, what's his name, uh, uh, George Knapp one day, and I asked him a question about Area 51, what I could get. Uh, he had a free moment, and I said, George, how can this be? How can this be 
that there's only one guy that you can get a hold of because he's good. George is a good investigative journalist. You know, if you don't, he's okay on the radio. I like him. I enjoy him. He's pleasant. But where he really is, he's a good investigative reporter. And he's uh, old school from what I know. And Lazar was his baby, you know. I mean, he broke, in, in my opinion, the guy. Okay? But it's hard to believe. You're talking about, again, like abduction, thousands and thousands and thousands of people that must have passed through Area 51, the base. Because we know it's humongous. What is it, the size of Rhode Island or Connecticut? I mean, it, the landmass is enormous. So all these people flying then day in, day out. And you're telling me we can only get a couple of these guys. I said, how can that be, George? And he told me that it is possible because these people not only are under incredible amount of scrutiny and surveillance and threats and uh, oaths, etc., but also that they get paid an incredible amount of money for their secrecy. So I guess there's some truth to that. It just blows me away that some uh, carpenter or some a food handler is not going to spill the beans on what he saw. And it's really been far and few between, just like abduction. I think it's a good analogy that we really haven't seen a lot of, quote-unquote, abductees with any kind of substantial proof. And when I say proof, it's not coming from a skeptic magazine like that dickhead who runs that thing, okay, that, that little wormy guy. I'm not talking about that. Um, I'm talking about proof. Like you would use in a court, like you would like to me, the Travis Walton incident almost passes the muster to a certain degree in a court of law. That's the basis which I have to look at some of these things in the world that I came from. So I look at the abduction subset and I look at the cases that I've seen and I've talked to Barbara Lamb and I've had all sorts of interesting people on the program from Vaughn Smith's to. You know, and I've chatted and gone see Whitley a hundred times and all these folks, but I don't have any proof. So I did search for proof, physical, tangible proof via the radio as a host a few years back. And this is when Dr. Roger Lear was still alive, of course. And I went to him. Uh, I had the luxury because I was in Los Angeles. I asked him to meet me at a hotel restaurant bar in Burbank that he had picked out. And I wanted him to meet somebody. So sure, the story doesn't really matter about why we were meeting. The point was is that he was the guy that was trying to get some sort of tangible proof by pulling the shit out of people. He was pulling very bizarre things out of people. Okay, And he wasn't able to get the kind of research done on the things that he's pulling out because, of course, you tell somebody, well – there's no proof. Okay, well, there is proof. This guy, I know Dr. Roger Leary, is pulling stuff out of people. Okay, well, wh what's he pulling out of people? Well, we don't really know. It's bizarre stuff, and here's what's happened. And they're like, well, that's really interesting, but, you know, what is it saying? And it's very hard. That's kind of where Roger got really stalled on a lot of stuff was that he didn't have the funds to dive into this stuff like he was uh, he would if – he had, you know, a research laboratory or a staff or someone at a college that was willing to pick up the dime because it's such a great tale and uh, scientific research and exploration, right? So here we are back to square zero where I have uh, testimony from many abductees from all walks of life 
I have psychiatrists from Mac to you name it, some really good people. I have hypnotherapy, hypnotherapists a la David Jacobs, a la Bud Hopkins, a la uh, some really interesting people that do hypnotherapy. Barbara Lamb, um, I think Yvonne probably does it for sure. She's one of the pioneers. I mean, these are very smart, educated people. They're coming up with mm-hmm. the the bottom line is that they're all saying this is true, Jesse. This is real. These people don't want this to be real. And to prove that they don't want it to be real, we have people from upper echelon of society as far as work and status that don't want this out there. They're just trying to get help. I was like, wow, okay, hold on. So they're not making money. This is very similar to to the Honorable Chris J. Brown. You know, he has an experience. He's not looking mm-hmm. to make money. He's just trying to get the story out there. But yep. they're not even trying to get the story out there, Chris. You're being a little bit more Mine's my vision, my, my vision of, of what we had seen because we have such detail in what we've seen and, and that it's exactly it. I strive so hard, but I – well, it's, a, it's something of not what you know, it's who you know to get it out there. And everybody's caught in this cycle of the tell over again. And, and just what you said, I get there's so many parts to Travis's story because it was a huge event and so many things, but, 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 but to just keep going over and over in every conference you, you, you go to, well, there's the same people again. And well, it's the next week. It's all the well, same it, people. It, it becomes what? like a, it becomes like a club for, you know, these guys. Oh, and, you know, yeah, they hang sure. out, they go to these conventions. They, they talk about their case. You know, other people are brought in and talk. You, know, you go to the MUFON symposium. I got an, uh, a nice view, a nice view of the ufology field and the way things kind of work behind the scene when these guys are interacting with each other. And it's like a, like they're buddies. You know, they're hanging out, they're making some money they're you know doing their thing they're talking to people they're you know explaining what happened to them and stuff and and you really do get a sense of like who's authentic who's batshit crazy and uh who's you know in it just for the money and you you really can't get that feel just by going to some of these conferences and conventions and symposiums and you know the thing is at the end of the day this has become a business it's become a religion to some of these people and outside of Travis Walton, I can't really think of a case that got as much attention media-wise as his when it comes to, to the abduction phenomenon. Uh, Roswell, obviously, is the big one of all times, but that's not really an abduction phenomenon case. Sure. So I would say Travis is like the Roswell of the abduction phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, good analogy. Case. like it. So by the way, we, we got to hit break. I we do. Got there it is. On the line. What's that? Yeah. Then we got to hit break in a second, and we got Derek waiting on the line. I'd love to get his input on some of the stuff I just, we're talking about. I just was going to say, and, and I get all that you were going to say there. It's just to me, if I have to say that um, that's the backwards part of the UFO, UFO industry is that they need to realize is that yep. there's new people, new events, new things are going on. And, yeah, this is wonderful. we got a buddy system, and we're going to hook up next next week. But you know what? Oh, dude, it's, it's we got to book other people, other guests, and do other things going and get other people at part of this to help spread the message, not just the exactly. inner circle. No, but you know what? When you're at the events and you're at the symposiums or whatever or the conventions and you actually see the interaction between some of the big wigs or some of the bigger names at these things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you really do get that old locker room feel like when you're back in high school and you're just hanging out with the buddies, you know, like – yeah, we were, we were playing sports, but so the sports we're talking about uf- ufology and UFOs. And oh yeah, stuff. so it becomes sure. that buddy buddy thing. And, and I think a lot of these guys, you know, a lot of them are retired, and a lot of the people that go to these conferences are older, you know, retirees. Also, that's one thing I noticed is a lot of old folks that go to these things. So I mean, this is something that a lot of folks do for a pastime. 
as well. So they're retired. They have, you know, they already gave up their daily lives or daily jobs. Now they, they write books and they talk about their abduction cases, and that's, you know, part of it as well. But we have to get Derek on the line. He's uh, waiting in the wings. So, Jesse, you want to take us out to break so we can uh, take Yeah, a yeah. This is going to be good. So this lays the groundwork for how I want to approach this tonight. And I have two gentlemen, obviously, who know how to do it correctly. But sensitive but strong. Sensitive but strong because we are entitled to ask difficult questions when people are making amazing claims. Okay, Amazing claims usually require amazing proof. Of course, there are folks that just might say, look, I don't care if you believe me. And that's their defense. And you know what? They're entitled to that. So that's another thing that we have to pay attention to tonight. In a moment when we come back. We're going to be joined by Mr. Derek Tyler to talk about his new book here, which I want to keep pushing because I want to I really do want to read it. It's entitled Alien Contact, Difficult Truth. We'll be right back. You're listening to Euphonaut Radio here on PSN Radio Network. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man. Man of Steel and more. Superman Homepage.com. Welcome back, Euphonaut Radio Monday night. Jesse Randolph here with the kids, the staff here, the Honorable and the Angel of Ufology. And we are back with our guest. And, you know, he was on the line here in the holding bin, the pen, where we wait for the commercial to end. And we all sit there sort of tootling our thumbs and waiting in the wings. And he said, yeah, it's a heavy subject. Because I said, yeah, we're waiting to talk to you. And I... Of course, I'm just interested to talk to this person because there are some amazing claims that are being made here, and I want to know about them and how someone can actually 
mentally handle the stress that may be involved with some of these abduction sequences. Uh, so let's get him on the line. His name's Derek Tyler, and he's got a new book. It's called Alien Contact, The Difficult Truth, and he spent a lot of time writing this book. So I first want to congratulate him on that. Derek, are you on the line? Yes, hi. Good evening. Good evening. And where are you calling us from tonight? Where are you, uh, where are you stationed? I'm in Seattle, just south of Seattle. Oh, you're a neighbor. You are a neighbor. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Oh. Well, okay, yeah. technically I'm in Auburn. Okay, well, that's I feel close left enough. out here. I'm in Florida. I feel left out. Oh, I'm, I'm just about, about 15 minutes south of SeaTac Airport. Oh, all right. Well, I'm in Roseburg, Oregon, so he's oh, okay. up in, yeah. Sure. We're all local guys. Oh, man. Yeah, it's nice to I'm have not. Pacific uh, West people here, you know, and it's amazing I can call myself <laughs> that now. But, man, you know, I love I love the city of Seattle. It suits me Oh, it's my well. favorite city. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. They have a great zoo, yeah. by the way. If you've never been to their zoo, they have a wonderful zoo. Yep. No zoos. Don't bring up zoos for crying out loud. <laughs> I get all you got freaky. a great, great zoo. He said, "Get all freaky." Zeus, I don't like zoos. like the, like the god Zeus, as we was talking about. Oh, okay. He's cool. Hey, listen. Hey, look. My bank card got canceled today because somebody stole it or something. That's a big drag. So I'm trying to get my happy face on here. But Derek Tyler. Uh, you know, we did mention this is a heavy subject, and the way that I try to approach it when I interview abductees or abduction uh, hypnotherapists or researchers slash psychologists is uh, sensitive, sensitive, but strong. So we ask you tough questions, and we expect you to be able to handle those questions. And if well, I'm not scared answer, of any questions. Just fire away. I'm not, I'm not a bit worried about questions. This is okay, well, let's, what let's, I do every let's day. Let's jump into it. Now, what I don't want to do is start from the beginning because I hate doing that for folks. But, uh-huh. you know, one of the things that took up me aback when I read this uh, bio, and I'm dying to get my hands on this book, uh, it, it, it took you two years to write. <laughs> it took two years to write, and it includes the most accurate, highly detailed account. That's what gets me jazzed of what takes place during both alien and military abduction events ever published by anyone. Okay, so the reason I a, say that is because... It's a pretty big claim. It is, and, and the reason I say it is because I've studied this full-time for about 25 years now, I, I starting from back in the 90s when I, I used to be acquainted with Bud Hopkins, who at the time was considered to be the top civilian researcher in the world, I think, on abductions. Correct. And, uh, and so I've basically... I've interviewed well over 3,000 other abductees and contactees over the years. I stopped counting at 2000 back in 98. And I've read all the, all the abduction material I think that there is. And I've never seen anything, I've never seen anything quite like this. And I, I don't, I don't know how to explain it except that I was somehow able to retain memories, um, a little bit more effectively than, than anyone else that I've seen, um, publish information about this. I was abducted many times, more, more times than I can count, and it seemed to be the pattern that I would wake up in my bed virtually as soon as they returned me to my place, and then I could, not all the time, of course, but I could often remember most or all of what had just happened, and I, I would write it down right then, because if you wait until morning, it'll be gone. Well, okay, and that brings up plenty of questions 
just from that answer alone. But let's go back to Bud Hopkins because that was my introduction, and it sounds like we might be even similar in age uh, okay. to where I was groomed into ufology via Bud's books. You know, I was sitting at home at a, as a young uh, tween, I guess was the, the word now. Uh, back then, we didn't have tweens. But I was reading these books, and his first book, uh, was it Intruders? Um, it is out of missing time. This was the Copley Woods event, correct? Uh, yeah, I guess it's, it's been a long time since I read his book. I think I think Missing Time. That was the first one that I read. And well, first was, of all, it's, it, it scared sorry. the shit out of me. Okay, it scared the oh, yeah. crap out of me, and so did Communion at the time because I, I bought both of them. So uh-huh. talk about not being able to sleep at night. But if you've ever felt that you were very strange, let's say as a kid, and you start reading this stuff, uh, you. You slowly realize there's a whole nother level of weirdness going on around you, not just oh, yeah. puberty. Okay, so let's let's take it from there, Derek. Okay. You have been abducted. You're saying hundreds and hundreds of times. Correct? Well, I, I I don't know how many times. I, there was a, there was a period of time where sometimes they would come, maybe up to three times in a single week, and then there'd be maybe a couple of weeks where nothing would happen, and then they would be back. And I should say also that. A lot of people aren't aware of this, but at least half of the abductions that are taking place are not being carried out by aliens. They're being carried out by our own black ops military personnel. And that well, was the case with had, my abductions, too. I've had, I've had folks on to talk about military abductions, and I want to get your opinion on that. But before I even do that, was, well, what, can I ask them, when was the last time that, that you were abducted, by the way? A week ago? Well, two, no, it's, it's, it's a strange thing because it's... It's very difficult to stop the abductions from happening, as you know. But um, someone someone helped me with that maybe three or four years ago. And since then, I don't know that I've been abducted physically more than a couple of times. But they also abduct people astrally. They can abduct your astral body without ever moving your physical body out of the bed. And that is a very common thing. And they've, they haven't bothered me nearly as much over the last couple of years. I guess they were done with me for whatever purpose they wanted but let's back up we got to back up Derek we got to back up so when you say that that they haven't taken me let's describe uh was was something like a regular kind of event that might happen to you when you were abducted because you're saying that you have a lot of memories that a lot of folks lose so could you describe like a typical event that was going on in your life when at the height of this well it's not it wasn't related to Events in my life, um, as far as I can tell. No, I mean, the actual abduction event, how it, how it played. Try yeah. to be well, as okay, okay. As possible. sure. What 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 happens after a while is that you you can almost get where you can sense that they're going to be coming that night. It's it's hard to explain. It's just sort of a, an electrical charge in the air, sort of a thing. But what often happened was, I would just I would be sitting up, and I'm normally I normally stay up pretty late anyway. And I'd be feeling fine, and then all of a sudden I'd be hit by irresistible, overwhelming waves of, of sleepiness and I, that I just couldn't resist. And within five minutes, every time, I would be asleep. And they they have the ability to put us to sleep, and that's, that's what was happening. And then I would be taken out of my bedroom or off of my couch if I fell asleep on my couch. And I don't ever... 
I don't have any memories of actually being taken into the craft. My first memories always start when I'm when I'm already there. I, I have one memory of being uh, returned to my bed, but only once. Okay, that was, that was a very strange thing, by the way, because a lot of people don't realize this, but um, and this is one of the the things that was the hardest for me to accept. The the aliens and our military both have access to time travel technology, and they use it in a very insidious way with abductees. They bring us back, at least the, the memory that I have of being brought back, which was only one time. I was returned a few seconds before they ever took me, and, and they floated me right down over my bed. I could see my future body laying in bed a few seconds out of sync with me, asleep. They floated me right over my bed, the two gray aliens, lowered me down my body. There was no sensation of contact, which... It seems like it's, it's supposed to be impossible that you occupy the same space at the same time. They lowered me right down. A few seconds passed, and it was like our, my body merged together with the body that was laying in the bed. I woke up like I'd been sleeping. I looked around. No time had passed on the clock. The room was empty. But I could remember what just happened during the abduction. So, and, the, and so basically, there's no way to describe. prove. Well, go ahead. There's no way to prove. There's no way to prove that you were overtaken, and if someone was sleeping beside you, to them it would seem like no time had passed on the clock and you'd never left. Well, you just brought up that the, the, you said the, the military has time travel uh, capacity technology, and you know, we, we, hear that, we hear that all the time thrown yeah. around. Yeah. Um, what made you believe that that's actually true? Well, because on at least four occasions that I can recall, and maybe possibly more that I can't recall, but at least four that I'm aware of, Time travel technology was used on me during abductions. And each time that it was used on me, it was for a different reason. And each time it was for a reason that would never have occurred to me to use time travel for. You know, when we think of time travel, typically we think of, of like a one-shot deal, going back to meet Abraham Lincoln or see the dinosaurs or something, like we can only do it once. But that's not how the military thinks of it. To them, it's apparently as easy as popping a, a microwave dinner in the, in the oven, you know. They used it for things that, that if it was hard to do, right, they would have done that. But Derek, and I'm not trying to press you on it, but you, you firmly believe this. I mean, uh, something, yeah, something because, must have been proven to you So for you to say this is actually time travel technology. Yeah, because, and, and these were, the, the ways that they used it on me were things that I would have, ne- I could have never thought of because it wouldn't have ever occurred to me. What, like, for instance, the, the first time that I remember it being used was um, these greys had taken me on board their craft, and they were two of them were doing some type of an operation on my feet. There was one of them was working on each of my feet, and one of them got a result on the foot that he it wasn't optimal for some reason. He didn't like it, and then all of a sudden we traveled back in time to the to right before they had begun the operation, and they did the whole thing over again. And again, he didn't like the, the result. Back in time, we went. And they must have done that five times before they were both satisfied with the results that they got of this surgery, whatever it was. And uh, it's just something that would have oh, never just like Groundhog Day, the movie. It, it was. And it would never have occurred to me to, to use a, a technology which I would think of as so fantastically advanced as time travel on something as retarded as my feet. <laughs> you know? the, the feet are complex, man. Yeah, and but my feet are not worth a trip back in time to me. No. <laughs> you have important feet, Derek. <laughs> Listen, know. we have to ask you some questions here about this. Sure. Now, first of all, um, 
this was happening at an alarming rate at one point in your life, correct? I mean, would you wake up exhausted from these events, I would imagine, or well, some people? I, you get, you get, and I'm sure that this is common with all abductees. You try to never sleep because you get the idea in your head that if you can just stay awake all night, you can prevent it because they don't come during the daytime. The grays don't like light. Like a you know? nightmare on Elm Street kind of syndrome. Yeah. And you, you, you can't stay awake all night, and it doesn't help to try because they can put you to sleep when they want to. But still, you don't know what else to do, so you try to stay awake. And okay, but, but what I'm trying to get at here real quick is uh, uh, when this started happening for you, uh, were you being raised in your family? Were you growing up uh, in your 20s when it was no, no, this in was, the height? When did you start searching folks out uh, well, that were well, like you? Well, I I had already studied this for many years before. I, I apparently I'd been an abductee before and I didn't realize it. The first time that I have memories of being abducted was probably only about ten years ago. But after having researched it, I, re, I see that I had shown some of the important indications of abduction long before that, but I hadn't connected the two things. But yeah, but, uh, but I guess I guess what I'm trying to get at is, is that you know. Weird things have happened to people, but they don't specifically think that it's ET related. But right. then there's a section of folks that are just adamant about, no, this is exactly what happened. That there is no question, and it yeah. seems to me like you fall in that column, correct? Well, well, the thing of it is, I had I had sort of an advantage on some people because I'd already interviewed well over two thousand abductees before I had my first memory. So I didn't have to wonder if I was going crazy. I didn't have to wonder what had just happened. I knew what had just happened. Because one thing that happens when you inter- interview mass amount of abductees is you realize eventually that you're hearing the same story with only minor changes in details told over and over and over by completely unrelated people. And my story ended up being much the same as, as many of their stories. You know, it's a typical classic thing that the Greys... They do the anal probe thing. Uh, it happened to me. That was my first memory, and it, and it's a classic abduction memory. And so I knew immediately it was happening. And I, by the way, I'd also before this happened. Oh yeah, it's it's nothing good. It's it's a pneumatic. Oh. It's not. It's nothing gentle. It's like a pneumatic thing, like those old tire pressure gauges. Bam, all the way in. So it's and I, I opened my mouth to scream because it hurt like hell. And this gray alien that was standing beside my head. Had a had a device in his hand that was about the size of a pack of cigarettes. You have a I, pink shirt on, or what's going on in high heels? <laughs> oh, he didn't. Did he bring he didn't even flowers take, at least first? To pay for didn't even take me out to dinner. Bring me chocolates or nothing. But it was weird. Af- afterwards, he wanted to cuddle. Is that normal? <laughs> no. In some circles, no. yeah. <laughs> hey, you made the joke. I'm allowed to laugh. <laughs> I stole that joke from somewhere else. <laughs> Good for you, but man. Good for you. I, I opened my mouth to scream because it was very painful, and this. There was two grays. One one was down by my by my midsection, and this other one was standing by my head. And he he passed this device that he held in his hand over very close to one of my temples. I was laying on my side, didn't actually touch me with it. And as he passed it across my temple, all the pain disappeared. And I so I shut my mouth back up without ever making a sound. So these were all gray that abducted you or were they were different races over the period of time the only the only time the only ones that I have seen were grays but I've also seen military um, I've been abducted by the military and I've been abducted by the military who had grays working okay. with them the military you bring it you brought up a number of times there's a gal I interviewed uh, a while back uh, 
a gal by the name of Melinda Leslie. Uh, I'm sure mm-hmm. you're probably familiar with her. Mm-hmm. Um, she is sort of a expert on military abduction. Uh-huh. And I believe during that interview, what I had learned is that many abductions seem to be military involvement. Uh, can well, you explain I had already... what that is all about? Yeah. I, also, before my first memory of abduction, I had been I'd been given an off-the-record briefing on this, more than one briefing, actually, by some friends that I made who worked in black ops, and one of them was a high-ranking Air Force officer who had worked abductions from the other side. And he he's the one who told me initially that the military performed many or most of the abductions. At first, I didn't believe him. Because I didn't, I didn't want to believe that they could do that to us, you know. But I found out the hard way. Well, that what he's was correct. the reasoning? I know everybody's asking the question, "Why?" What is your answer to something like that? Well, there's a few reasons that I believe that they do it. One is um, our military is is trying to create their own hybrids. I'm sure you've heard of the hybrids that the aliens classically try to create with uh, our reproductive material, right? Sure, of course. Well, the military is trying to create their own hybrids, and they're doing so. And so, and the reason that they're doing so is because the aliens were doing it, so they thought it must be the smart thing to do, and they decided to try to do the same thing. <laughs> that, that's one of the th- reasons they're doing it. Okay. Another, another okay. thing that they do is um, they, they can, a, a lot of times they will come and abduct us after we've already been abducted but that night by aliens. And the reason is, once you're returned home, there's a period of several hours where you have um, greatly enhanced psychic abilities, even if you don't have psychic abilities normally. So for some reason, they seem to be buffed when the aliens abduct you, and the military knows this, and they, they have some method that they know who the aliens are taking and when, apparently, because they can come in and take you the same night, and then they will they will use you for instance, as a remote viewer, even if you don't think you know how to remote view, you can be used as a remote viewer for real-time spying operations. Then they will wipe your memory, bring you home again, put you back in bed, no time's passed on the clock, and and if you remember anything, most of the time you'll think it was just a bad dream. Yeah, but that soreness you're going to have on the backside from the anal probe, I mean, you, you ask yourself, why the anal probing? Hey, you've been, been walking like a pitchfork. Yeah, uh, like, they're the next day, hey, uh, what's wrong with you, Derek? You're walking kind of funny. You went horseback riding last night or yesterday or this whole weekend? What, what happened? Uh, that only happened one time. In the, I can tell you well, why you, they do it. You do Where's live it? close to where they filmed that documentary, Zoo. I don't know if, uh, how many of you have seen that one, but he, you're laughing, Derek, so I know that you understand where I'm going. Well, the, but, uh, the reason I'll the leave it at is, that. Did you ever ask the him, like, honestly, I would ask that question. I'd be like, Mr. Alien, sir, uh, Mr. Gray's, please hold on before you stick the anal probe in. Can, can I ask you, why the anal probe in? You come here from light years away to I really hope anal they take probe. you and you well, try I, I can to tell ask you why that. it is. I, I'd I, love uh, to go on a, on a ride, and if it means getting anally probed, well, no, you know, so you, you wouldn't. I used to think that too. You know, I used to I used to think that Me what too. I wanted more than anything in the world was to meet mm-hmm. a being from another world. Now that I've done it, I wish I'd never heard of aliens, man. It's nothing good. And well, why do they do it? You're about to tell us about the anal. The reason the that they do it. <laughs> the, the, this, this is something that was also done, by the way, by the Nazis. So. And the reason that they do it is because when they put that Figures. that probe in your rear end, it, it puts yeah. pressure. 
puts pressure yeah, on your prostate gland. Uh-huh. And it causes you to involuntarily release your genetic material, let's say, yes. which they collect. Yeah, and yeah. they can then repopulate China with you wow. if they want to. Because, because you've got 200 million sperm that they've just collected, right? I don't, think, I don't think China needs my help to repopulate. China's pretty. No, but I mean, but I'm just saying that they they only need to do it once, and they've got all the genetic material from a man that they would probably ever need. Yeah, milking the prostate—that's wow. what that's called sexually, by the way. Wow, that would yeah. be amazing to know. I would have 200 million kids. I believe it. <laughs> Folks, have a lot you know, of kids I, it is. I guess we should have put a disclaimer on this section, but you know, I want to get to a. I want to get. The milking the prostate I, section. I just think that we got to get to some. One of the things I have to say is, you seem very sane, Derek. And I'm, I'm very, I unfortunately, I'm very sane. Thank you. I, it Which took me two years I to put this out of my memory to do this book, and that's why it took so long. I mean, I don't mean to, I don't mean to like laugh at it because it's, it's not funny at the end of the day, really, to oh, know, have that happen not. to you. But when we put it in the context of you know, he rammed it in there, you know, I'm sorry, the comedian in me just. You know, oh, I understand. I understand. And and as for myself, I love comedy. I love making fun of everything. But I'm unfortunately I'm unable to find much uh, humor when it comes to no, aliens. This is a tough one, and and that's a, that's part of the thing that we got to bring up because again, mm-hmm. sensitivity. Which uh, Angel missed the meeting on that. Yeah, but, well, I'm uh, not very PC. I, I am voting for Trump. So, <laughs> you know, like a lot of abductees, I ended up with PTSD as a result of being abducted, and it's I bet. It's hard to avoid, and I've still got it today, even though they haven't really no. come for me for several years now. I still I, I startle at the tiniest noises, and it'll probably never go away, I assume. I, I get that. I had my encounter, and it whatever itself, but it wasn't anything of abduction. But even I had that, and a little bit. I still deal with uh, being scared to go outside at times. And so I get that, sure. Of course. Yeah. All right, Derek, here's some hard questions. Let's just okay. get into some hard Hit me. Um, what do you what do you say to people who uh, claim to be abductees? Is there a a problem with certain abductees being mad at other abductees because they think they're fake and they're real? You know where I'm going. Is there some well, sort of like problem uh, in the community there? It, it's not not generally a problem, but like for instance, I I'm pretty. I'm actually I'm really good at being able to tell someone who's been abducted and someone who hasn't, because I've done this for so long. And in my opinion, there was only three people that I've ever spoken to who were just flat-out lying. One of them was crazy, one of them wanted attention, and one of them was apparently working for the government trying to figure out what I was up to. You want to but, say their names so we can know to get them on our show next <laughs> week? Or no, know? but, no, but I'll, I'll comment on a name that you mentioned already. Okay. Um, Willie Strieber. He's okay. completely he's completely a fiction writer. The things that he says about abductions, I don't believe a word he says. I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. Out of the thousands of abductees I've talked to and out of my own experiences, none of them have ever said anything remotely approaching what Strieber says. He is a, a disinformation fiction writer who is cashing in for millions of dollars. He's okay, made. well, hold on. Let's talk about Whitley for a little bit. Um, and let's let's take a breath because uh, I know we're hitting you with Fast and Furious, but that's well, the way we do it here. That's okay. Let me um, let me say one more thing real quick. They hypnotize us. They use post-hypnotic suggestion on us to to prevent us from talking about this. And so what happens, and it's happening right now, is when I try to talk about abductions, my chest tightens up. It gets 
it gets very difficult to speak. I can hear it. Yeah. Panting. And so, yeah, you can hear it in my voice. That's what's causing it. I apologize for that. Don't, please don't apologize. Like I said, uh, I have a lot of sensitivity to the folks that I've interviewed because they're dealing with trauma. So either way you slice this, whether it's uh, aliens or whatever some folks want to rationale it as so that it's not as scary to them. I mean, here's the bottom line to a certain degree is that, and I'm sure, Derek, you'll agree, people don't want to believe in this. They want this to be bullshit because this is some scary, scary stuff. This is the scariest subset to this phenomenon. It's a club nobody wants to be a member of. It's a club that nobody, and I've been a part of a couple of clubs like that, and it sucks. And so that's that's kind of... Uh, it becomes harder for an, an, an abductee, guys, kids listening, because you'll go to these places. Uh, these are not recognized institutions. These are not recognized support groups. Uh, I've gone to MUFON meetings where, yeah, you can see there's a bunch of crack knobs there. And they're just, uh, you know, and there are some people there that have decided to do like a fight club thing where, you know, oh, I'm just going to be an abductee and reinvent myself. Well, see, I've, I've, I think it's very rare that people, that people make up stories about being abducted because there's nothing to gain by doing that, but there's a tremendous amount to lose. You lose your reputation, you lose your credibility. Well, that's why I was job. surprised for what you said about Whitley just now because, I mean, look, I, I've gone to see Whitley plenty, and I've read all his books. I think he's a terrible speaker and a terrible radio host, but I think he's a terrific writer. Um, but he was only—he was only a B-grade, half-successful writer until he until he hatched onto the alien abduction thing, and now he's worth millions. Can he's you bring up a couple? There is some gain from it, all that. Well, in in his world, there was because he was in a position to capitalize. Um, now, keep in mind. That's only if this took off. Uh, this could have been – now, if we're going to think about it for a second and say, okay, look, maybe he was struggling at the time and uh, he decided to go for this bit and he wrote communion and said, I'm going to be an abductee and this happened to me and it's going to be a real big news story. It's just not true what he says. But why – what about his story stinks to you? Well, let's get granular. All right. All right I'll tell you. I'll, tell you I'll, I'll give you an example. According to him – he went down to the mall or somewhere one day and walk, walked into a bookstore. This is in one of his first or second book. Standing there at the magazine rack, reading magazines, were two aliens in trench coats. They glanced up at him, they recognized him, and they nodded in recognition that they recognized Whitley coming into the bookstore where they were standing there at a magazine rack reading magazines in trench coats. That is retarded. That doesn't happen in real life, and he's lying about it. Okay. Now, but let's think about this because there's two different schools of thought within abduction too. You'll talk to, uh, let's say Bud Hopkins, who's no longer with us, of course, but back in the day, or David, David Jacobs, who still is, and it'll be very, very frightening, the, the situation. Okay. Then you'll talk to a Dolores Cannon or a, a Barbara Lamb sometimes, so more of a Dolores Cannon though. Uh, or Stephen Greer, who will say, I believe that abductions are uh, mostly a pleasant experiences, especially right. Dolores. Okay, I'd, and I'd be glad people, to talk to you about him too. Well, I and, I, and I, I would love to hear about it. My point is that there are factions within abduction as a subset. Correct? There, there are there are people who engage in cognitive dissonance. There are people who engage in wishful thinking. 
there are people like Dr. Greer who have been around far too long and are far too experienced to actually believe that all alien contact is friendly. That's, that's very far from the case. And the fact that he says so anyway makes him a disinformation agent because it's anyone who knows anything about alien contact will, will tell you that there's no such thing as a friendly abduction. An abduction is a capital crime, man. We put people yeah, to death. Yeah, exactly. That's why we call it what uh, yeah. it is. This is, a, this is an assault. It's an assault. Yeah. You know, it's terrifying. It's personal. It's intrusive. Yeah. It's painful. And and they, it's dangerous. For a second thought, felt that I was going to get sucked up in the craft, and, and it was scary. And, you know, I'm a guy, too. I like to think, well, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a wimp. But it was really scary for me. And the first instinct, the first instinct that went to my head was, oh, God. Like just, and if it wasn't help me, mommy, it was help me, God. Did you ever, ever go and and um, ever uh, think of that? Like help me, God, and pray or anything like that during time. I've always well, not not during an abduction because when when they take us, we're kept in a it's almost like a, a trance or a zombie state. It's like we've had a uh, like we've had a lobotomy. We can't think clearly. We can't. We can't make up. It never even occurred to me that it was a good idea to try to get away if I could. You know, we're very apathetic and, and controllable. But in between abductions, I can guarantee you that it, we want him to stop so badly that it'll make an atheist beg Jesus to help him. That's mm-hmm. a fact. Could almost be a government thing to a ET thing. You know, maybe there's there's something to that. I I don't know. That's the one thing that I always wondered about travis walden is because here was a I guy who was uh, a friend of mine by the way and who was up there for five days or that thing and i wonder if that ever went in his head but but you, until you're up there in that moment you know that's just you know and of course he didn't know that all those days that went by too but you know i just was curious just just like random I know travis, and travis is a he's a good guy and he's a very mm-hmm. sincere guy and and what yeah. he says he's speaking the truth now the difference between travis and most abductees is um, they weren't. They didn't come there for Travis. They weren't after him. He he broke the primary rule of alien contact, which is don't walk up to a flying saucer and don't get in their way. He, he did that, and he made himself into a target of opportunity. He's lucky that he's still with us today, actually. Well, Derek, uh, Angel referred uh, to Travis Walton with a, a terrific analogy, I thought which was that Travis Walton is the Roswell of abduction, uh, which was his answer to my question, which was, and I will pose it to you, uh, why in 2016 is Travis Walton the headliner at all these lectures and events still, um, with the hundreds of thousands of people that have had this experience on a deep level? Well, Uh, he's he's still a headliner because he's, the one that got the most publicity, he's had the most successful movie made about it. And uh, sure, I mean, but, as far as I know, he's uh, only been taken one time in his life. And so he, there's lots of people who have been taken way more than that. But he's a recognizable name, and he's a good guy, and he's he's someone who's happy to talk. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be more than that because he really isn't. I've seen the guy speak. Okay, it's not like he's the most charismatic individual in the world. He comes across as a very humble. Uh, a blue collar, believable guy. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah, and you can see that his life got pretty screwed up from this, and he's kind of timid, etc. And it just goes 
and lends to the believability factor. But is it because he had more substantial proof than many of the other abductees? I mean, that is one of the major issues, is it not, with being able to believe that this is actually legitimate is uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there really is hardly any physical proof associated with any of these events. Uh, well, there's not supposed to be. If you had proof that you've been abducted, you'd be dead right now because they're, they're not going to – I mean, it's the same reason that nobody ever shows up with a, a engine off of a starship because if you had sure. that, the government would prevent you from ever coming forward with it, and they'd kill you to keep it quiet if they have to. And don't think that the UFO doesn't know who to land on these encounters and the experiencers, too. Uh, you know, they, they know the right people to land on, and they, of course, land on, right. on people who don't have access to these things. They, they don't choose so, us so randomly yeah. by any means. I mean, they, Well, Derek, you're bringing up uh, why people are chosen for a second. I remember talking with Daryl Sims about this once, and he said that, uh, there were different ethnicities that were more prone to being taken because of their uh, genetic uh, uh, uh-huh. makeup. Does that make any sense to you? Well, I think I think that there's there's something that Daryl doesn't maybe quite understand. Right? I know Daryl, and he's a good guy, and he's he's very sincere of what he does, and he's done a lot of good for people. But he doesn't. I don't think he properly understands how much of this is done by the military. First of all. As far as uh, as far as a racial thing, that's correct. Um, and this is how it was explained to me. It was explained to me by someone that worked at the Pentagon and was in a position to know. And according to him, the Caucasian race has DNA which is slightly closer to the DNA that they're trying to to alien DNA that they're trying to hybridize with. It makes it easier for them to work with. And so that is why. I think I've talked to three black people that have ever claimed to be abducted within the United States. It's almost all white people within the USA because it's easier for them to work with our DNA. And I mean, there it's, it's, uh, well, you know, are they prejudiced? No, 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 no. I know exactly what he's getting. Hold on. Not not to cut you guys off, but remember the giants of antiquity were Nordic looking, um, you know, uh, look, even Travis, when he was in the ship, he said he saw white aliens that look humanoid, like very human-looking Nordic types. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of see where he's going with that, Jesse. The, the, the aliens don't look like us. We look like them. And the reason right, that we right, look right. like them is because we are from their DNA originally. Their likeness, right. Yes. Yeah. The, you, the, the story of human evolution, as we're taught in school, it's not only untrue, it's physically impossible. Mm-hmm. You can't You can't have... Black folks wandering out of Africa 80,000 years ago and today end up with Polynesians and Hawaiians and Chinese and Swedes and all the racial groups we see. And for the amount of inbreeding, very few retards. (laughs) It's just not how evolution works. Right. Wow. A small amount of retards. Okay, so I think we've established, uh, according to Derek, that uh, no one should ever want to seek out any sort of contact episode because you're probably going to end know. up with a negative connection, correct? Let me say one more thing. If you, this is something that Bud used to regress a lot of people, as you probably know, hypnotic regression. Sure. To recover their memories. Don't do that, folks. Um, oh, I'm you, so glad to hear you say that. Man. If you've had your memories erased or deleted during an abduction, thank God, because you don't want to relive that experience. Let it go. Let it go and, and don't try to get it back because – 
if you have to relive that experience, you're going to wish forever that you wouldn't have. So you haven't done any of that? No. But you and you would not be open to that, correct? I have no interest in that. I, I, believe have, that I have that more memories a, than I need. Do you believe that that is a uh, a procedure that actually works, or do you think that it's bunk? No, it can work, sure. They use Versed and some other drugs among, and, and combined with hypnosis to erase our memories, but it's not always 100% effective. And, and regressive hypnosis can retrieve those memories, but you don't want those memories, man. Okay, so hold on. You've talked to a ton of folks who have been abducted, and they have common uh, commonalities about the actual sequence of events. That much we get. And I was going to ask one thing, if I can, about. Is there anything that you heard? Because this is something that I've heard twice, and that is the fact that when people are abducted uh, and, they're, and they're tied down, they can't move, uh, one thing that they can commonly hear is uh, the, the little grays shuffling back and forth the pitter-patter of their little feet moving along as they're working on them. And this has been... Uh, well, I've heard twice, and that these people said it had been a common thing of abductees. Of what they've been able to hear is that they can't move yet; they can hear them shuffling along their feet. Is that a common thing? Do you know, or is that something you experienced? I never experienced it. I, I don't know that I've ever heard anyone actually mention that they could hear their mm. feet. But the greys—I don't know if you're aware of this—the greys are an artificially created race themselves. Did you know that? Well, that's where I was kind of going next, which I wanted to find out. Even though there's commonalities between abductees on the actual sequence of abduction, what is not common, it seems, are the messages. Um, and I was going to ask you, because you've interviewed so many abductees, what are some of the commonalities as far as information that you get to take back about the universe, about where you came from, who created us, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Well, basically... Yeah. Sometimes you don't. They don't give. They didn't give me any messages to bring back, and most of the time they don't. But when when people are given a message like that by the Greys, what is happening is pure manipulation. They are manipulating people so that they'll come back and they'll say, "Oh, the Greys are our friends. They're here to help us. And they're here to help us recover our invisible strands of DNA and spiritually advance to the next plane. And and they're going to cause confusion and and disinformation to spread within a community which already has enough trouble finding the truth. The, the greys have no emotions such as compassion, kindness, friendship, caring, mercy. They don't have those kind of emotions. They're, they're, they have in, insect-like minds, hive mind. They're, they don't know the first thing about, they don't care if you hurt. They don't care if you're terrorized. They, it doesn't matter to them. They are, they're cyborgs, okay? They're cyborgs. They're they're a slave race that was created by reptilian race, and they, they they act as slaves. They carry out their orders, and our military has access to their own greys. Oh, well, they, they carry out the orders of the military. I've had them. I've had greys in the military abduct me, present at the same abduction. Well, that's interesting. You know, Derek is I I. Uh I, I really have never had uh, any – I mean, my encounters I had, I, I can't say if it was a government thing or if it was a, a an ET thing. All I know is that uh, I, I don't want it to happen again, and um, I didn't have any type of experience. I didn't have any missing time on my side, um, but uh, all I know – There are friendlier ETs. Sure. But, but, but 
I'll, let me let me add something about the friendly ETs because this is the main cause of the the division within ufology right now is there's a group of people who thinks the ETs are here to help us and save us and and care after our spirits and all this kind of stuff and the truth is um, none of them ever will be able to name you a single thing ever that these friendly ETs have done to help help humanity on a global scale. Not one thing ever. They've not so much as picked up a bubblegum wrapper out of a parking lot and thrown it in a trash can. It's just talk well, and, and it's just expansive. about God, though. No, but, but God doesn't fly in a spaceship. Well, of some of these aliens could be gods to us. Right, but they're, not, but, they're not, but they're not gods. They're mortal. They've been, ta- they've been taken as gods by many of our primitive societies, it's true. Right, but right. they're mortals, mm-hmm. they live, they die, they can be killed, they can be cloned. You know, they, they're not, they're, they didn't create the universe or anything like that. Well, here's a question for you, Derek. Uh, when you were inside of these uh, ships, at any point did you see any of the technology or did they explain to you how the technology worked at all? Well, they, they used some of it on me. I've seen some examples of it, and I'm, it's just a, a tiny sliver of I'm sure what they have but the, the some of the technology I saw is, is beyond science fiction I'll send you yeah, some pictures uh, of orbs that I took in my house a year ago last winter They're big okay. as, a be- as a beach ball yeah that's about the size of the one we had beach balls so one the craft that you've seen any of these crafts that they, any of them you got you got pictures and drawings of, of, of like your head or anything you wrote down of the of a craft that you've you've experienced that you've you've flown in well, I've I've described have been been all the, and took it in all the important memories I have. I've included in in a chapter in my my book very detailed accounts of of the procedure during an abduction. You can it, it'll be just like experiencing experiencing it from my point of view. You'll you'll see yeah. the, the the alien technology as I saw it and experienced it. I can't explain how it works. I can just tell you what it does. Yeah, you know. And and it's it's we're dealing with we're dealing with beings that have had interstellar travel since we were monkeys in trees. I have to jump in here, Derek. Uh, I always want it's so nice having you on because you answer questions without the circle talk, and you know what I mean by that, right? Yeah, I I, I either know the answer or I say I don't know it. And I've, well, there's I've, some stupid I've questions. I so have much like, that I've learned a few things is all. Personally, I like to know what it smells like inside of a craft, or what the aliens themselves smell like. Uh, so, what do they smell like? An injury when I was a teenager, which basically completely took away my sense of smell. So I can't smell anything. But it is commonly said by abductees that the gray, the grays themselves and their craft stink very. They're nauseatingly bad smelling, and the reason for that is because. The greys have no digestive system like we have, right? They don't have a, an esophagus. They don't have a stomach, nothing like that. So they are forced to take in and excrete nutrients through pores in their skin in liquid form. And what they do is they combine hydrogen peroxide with either human or bovine blood and some enzymes that they can get from our organs. And they smear it over their pores, sometimes they even bathe in it. They smear it over their bodies and take it in through their pores as nutrition and that's why their crafts stink, because they've got dried blood all over them. Oh, my God. I've never heard of that before. That's wild. Oh, and, wow. And, by the way, they're not the only race that, that eats humans. It gets worse when you talk about the reptilians. And something that people don't 
often know, um, there's, a, there's another type of gray called the, the type 1 grays, which are, were involved in the Roswell crash. So it, was, it was the race that was involved in Roswell. And among the debris, they found a vat, which was filled with human blood with human dismembered body parts floating in it. They eat us, or they eat, their, eat our bodies physically that race. And the reptilians are even worse. The, the Draco reptilians... I can hear your voice getting yeah, tight yeah, as you yeah. speak about it. Oh, this is, this is scary. This is right here, it sounds like. But the closer yeah. I get to the truth, the harder it becomes for me to speak. And I'm sorry, but I, That's I, why I tell her. it happens every uh, time. Because we're getting, in, <laughs> we're getting into the dark bowels of this abduction subset. That's this right. isn't the happy, happy, joy, joy. Uh, and I'm not putting them you down, but like the break. Sheldon Idol tea parties and that sort of thing. We're talking about heavy-duty assault, and I will say this. I've had issues with certain things that people come on the show and say, for sure, because it's just off the cuff, but I will say that the reasons that Derek is talking about for these things to be happening, uh, the replication of the species, the, the hybridization programs, they all make perfect sense on how you uh, revolutionize a species, how you create a species, how you uh, perfect a species, or how you live off a species, as you're talking about, through uh, nourishment and uh, constantly uh, not gold, not paper money of what's important, but other things such as DNA. DNA is the money to the, it's the currency of the, the aliens deal and DNA, genetic material. One question that people should be asking that they don't ask is, what are they doing with those with those hybrids? Yes, I was about to go there. So tell us what you know. Well, yeah, they're doing two things with them. One is they're populating other planets with them, and we have a a, a secret space program that people aren't aware of, and we have the ability to do that also, but people don't know it. But the other thing that they're doing is they're sending them out. Into our population, they're sending out hybrids to live and work among us, to breed with us. They don't even realize themselves that they're hybrids, but they are. And if you want to know how to conquer a planet without ever firing a shot, the way truly intelligent people that are millions of years ahead of us conquer a planet is, they send hybrids that are half themselves and half the local species perfectly adapted to their terrain because it's native. They send them out in the population to breed and you get enough hybrids and enough time, you'll change the genetic footprint of this entire race. Humans as we know them will no longer exist. We will be half alien, half human. This world will be theirs, and they will move off and do it to another now world. Now, this is, this is uh, what David Jacobs speaks of, correct? I feel like is, a, a bunch of pods are going to come down. We're all going right. to go grab a pod here pretty soon, where everybody's going to, each of us going to have our own pod. I mean, come on. Well, if Hillary wins, we're all going to have a pod. By the oh, way, no. uh, the, our government... Our government is controlled. I don't know if you realize this. Our government is controlled by hostile alien power. I mean, there, there's no question of this. Our military, and not just ours. To get back to this, because you're starting to lose me a little bit. Look, All right. Uh, how do you function in regular society with this viewpoint? Talk about it. Oh, I, I mean, I mean. No, that's what I'm wondering. I'm, I'm trying. No, you, I'm being, you it's a serious question. You can't go around telling people you're an abductee because they've been carefully trained. They've been carefully trained through our media over a lifetime to ridicule, laugh, disbelieve. You know, that's what the government wants them to do because that keeps people from 
finding out that abductions are happening. So you just, there's not many people you can tell about it. But, but if you do hear someone talking about an abduction, take them serious and show them some compassion because there's almost no chance that they're lying. There's, there's too much to lose. Okay. But what about relationships with you? What about, uh, girlfriend, boyfriend? I'm not assuming anything. Uh, um, you tell me, how do you live your life? How do you look at life? Uh, how do you do a regular mundane job? I don't, I don't do a regular mundane job. I'm a writer. <laughs> I don't have a real job. Well, but, but, but okay. the thing that is, it's, as you say, it's difficult. And I've never been married. I turned 57 last week. I've never been married. Okay. I've, I've, I've had once that I know Are you of. Are a loner? Yeah, I've always been a loner, but, but I'm, I'm, you know, I've, in my twenties, I made my living as a rock and roll musician. So I'm, you know, I haven't been lonely, but there's been at least once that I know of where, where a girl that, I, that was sleeping with me was abducted that night because she was there when they came for me. That answers that question. Bad luck for her, you know, and, and I felt terrible about it, but there's nothing I could do. And so what you end up doing She is, had memories? No, she had no idea, but I remember seeing her on the ship. Wow. And you end up... You remember remember what again on the ship? I remember seeing her laying on a a bed on the ship with tubes sticking up her nose and down her throat. And Hmm. so so I know that they took her to, and what you end up doing is... My goodness. you, You end up trying to find girlfriends who are abductees because they understand what you're going through. Well, you better track her back down. Ah, yeah, <laughs> which makes sense. I mean, you know, like minds and people. You don't. You don't want. You don't want to. It, it's it's really hard to be able to justify um, putting someone you love at risk and in danger of being abducted by aliens just because they're with you. You know, yeah. and, I mean, you, you can Jerry, do that. You can you imagine that phone call, calling her up and, lay, and, and saying, hey, we want to get back together. And, oh, hey, but five minutes later, you lay that on her that, well, <laughs> last time we were, yeah, yeah, damn, you know. You know, you, it's, I mean, you just, it, it's not a normal life. It's and, and So many corny jokes that just came through my head. Well, but, here's the thing, though. If you, if you think about it, though, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big mistake. Uh, good job there, Jesse. It's a big mistake to like completely overlook somebody like that because I mean they know what you're going through. They can be your support group. They can be there to help you. You know, if hey, if I'm gonna get abducted, I'm gonna get, if I'm, if it's gonna happen, I'd love to you know, to have somebody who I love be there with me. And you know, we're both getting you, rope, I guess. But you don't. Yeah. But you don't want them to be abducted. But if Why you not? Have, if you have well, them, I got a wealth. couple of ex-girlfriends. Yeah. You kidding? What the hell are you talking about? Put those bimbos <laughs> on board. Sometimes, hey, the honorable. Here's Check your ultimate alien humor. Sometimes, uh, you know, the wife gets a little out of hand, and you got to be like, hey, honey, <laughs> okay. I Come might on. leave you up there next time we're abducted, okay? <laughs> Let's, hey, we only have a certain amount of time with this gentleman, How many and humans I am is, intrigued. Here's, here's an alien joke for you. How many humans oh. does it take to screw in a light bulb? Oh, boy. Mm. Uh, How many? 666. Six. None light bulbs are too small. You can't screw in a light bulb. <laughs> I'll say that again. Okay. None. Light hey, bulbs are too small. Can, can I get back to some serious questions here? Um, yeah, I'm going to mute myself and think about that one for a couple minutes. and Think about it. Let me yeah. get back to my guest here. I'm marinating. Uh, Derek, why did the Greys get all the attention and the Reptilians seem to be uh, a race of beings 
that folks have to have certain knowledge to know that they're uh, out there. The, the reptilians prefer to they, they they prefer to stay away and let the greys do their dirty work. Basically, reptilians live. Many of them live in underground bases here. Um, I'm told up to 25 miles, sometimes deep, and they prefer to stay in their bases or on their ships, and the, they let the greys carry out their dirty work. And that's why the greys are always um, that's the classic ETs that are always associated with abductions. The worker bees. Right. That's probably another reason why they smell, too, because you imagine they're under there. They never get a showers or whatever, you know, come up for water. Well, well, if I could, I would exterminate every one of those greys because there is nothing good about them. People well, that think well, the greys well, are, yeah, are completely wrong. We take, we take genocide serious here on this show, my friend. Uh, I, I take it serious, too, and I'm telling you. <laughs> That's genocide we're talking are, about. Death to the greys is what he's saying. You ever meet one? If you ever meet one, you yeah. understand. I'd like to meet a gray, to be perfect. You know what? You, you know, never I don't met a gray. Like you know, never met a gray. Hopkins. But Hopkins That's right. never met. That's he right. Never, well, sucks uh, for him. I want to meet a gray. Well, you know, I, I I had a conversation once with a, I guess he's a rock star. Let's just say he's a rock star. And he, the, the biggest wish of his life is to be abducted by aliens. And he even writes songs about it. And I tried to tell him, Man, you don't understand what you're asking for. Because if you ever get your wish, you're going to wish you'd never even heard of aliens by the time you get home. You know, as long as they're not like the movie Aliens, Alien, or E.T., you know, I'm not like the ID4 Aliens. As long as they're more like the E.T. Aliens or the, the little bit of cuddle. No, they're, they're, they're nothing like you the cuddle e. with them. You like, you know, phone home and the finger no, goes. No, no, no. Cool. No, no, no. It's not like that yeah. at all. It's not like that at all. The the alien. It's. I mean, if it's it's the best description I've seen in a movie is, is Travis Walton's movie. He doesn't have too extensive of a memory, but that is. Yeah, what but it's you like know that. Yeah, but you know the movie was fictionalized. Even he said that he was kind right. of pissed off because they they didn't really show what he really went through. They they spiced it up for Hollywood. Right, but the sense of terror and the the emotional. The lack of emotional um, interaction of the Greys was palpable in that movie. If you ever want to hear a, a song, there's a great song that people don't realize. They think it's a love song. It's it's called it's called Love Walks In by Van Hager. It's not about love. It, love's not what came walking in. That's a song about being abducted by aliens. Listen to it sometime. Wait, hold on. Which one? How do the lyrics go on that, on that song? It's called, it's called Love Walks In by Van Halen with Sammy Hagar singing. Yeah, well, Sammy Hagar had an encounter himself. Yeah, and did, yeah. so he's, he's a UFO guy, and he's very, very, uh, you know, serious and passionate. Yeah, it's uh, a very good had his encounter, description so. of, an, of an abduction experience also. It's, he, he did a great job on that song. He claims that on Howard Stern, he claims that it was from this encounter that essentially he was just kind of an okay guitarist. He kind of was just an okay into what he wanted to do and not really focused in what he wanted to do. Uh, but it wasn't until after that encounter that he got very focused in what he wanted to do and with the, with the, uh, rock and roll and guitar and everything. And things just really uh, took off after that, he said. Yeah. So, you know. Here's some of the lyrics to that song, by the way, just in case people are wondering why is it about aliens. Well, check this out. Uh, contact is all it takes. 
uh, to change your life, to lose your place in time, contact to sleep or awake. Coming around, you may wake uh, wake up to find questions deep within your eyes, things you never realized. And that's just the uh, first part of the song, and the, the chorus is, and I'm sure Sammy Hagar sings it a lot better than I'm reading it, by the way, but he says, So when your sense of change, nothing feels the same, all your dreams are strange, love comes walking in, some kind of alien. Wait for the opening, then simply pull the string, another world, some other time you lay your sanity on the line. Familiar face, familiar sights, reach back, remember with all your might. Oh, there she stands, in a slinking gown, silver light chiming down. Yeah, I can see that being about aliens. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Definitely. yeah, yeah. And if you put a if you put a comma in the in the kicker of the chorus when he says some kind of alien waits for the opening, then love comes walking in. If you put a comma in there, it says then love comes walking in, like he's telling you that that's what comes walking in. I haven't really heard the song, to be honest with you, Derek. So I, I don't know the way the, you know the tone or the singing, you know, would go. Yeah. I haven't really heard the music. I'll, right I'll, I'll send you a link, man. I'll send you a link to that song live, and he'll 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 tell you it's about oh, it. Oh, it's, it's on YouTube. I'll get, it, I'll get it. Don't worry about that. Yeah. I listen to it as soon as we're done. But uh, that's interesting. I, but I had, I had known about his abduction uh, that happened to him from years ago. He, uh, I mean, he's very he's one of the few celebrities that's been like very candid and open. About he was nineteen it. years old. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He's been very candid and open about, like, you know, his belief in ufology and uh, the whole alien phenomenon and what he's, you know. They go to drastic this, uh, lengths to keep us from knowing the truth because of course the, fact the, the fact of the matter is the more you learn about alien contact, the more terrifying this becomes and the more you understand why they'll never voluntarily re- release the truth. But that makes they, only perfect sense. I mean, if you think they don't kill people to keep the news that there's an alien race of Santa Clauses here to help us from getting around. Right. They kill people to keep people from learning that that the truth is a terrifying thing, and we are outclassed and outgunned at all at all phases. Makes sense to me, yeah. And there's no there's I mean, chemtrails are there, it's one of the things that, that they're doing to kill us and reduce our population. There is no human. Who would order or approve of chemtrails being dropped on their own people? And if you look on the backside of a dollar bill, underneath that eagle on the Great Seal of the United States, if you can remove that eagle, you'll see the face of a gray alien right there. Oh, I'll give you a couple of humans that'll be down for that. Uh, Kim Jong Un. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, oh yeah, Hillary Clinton. Uh, Read my book, man. You, you'll find my book to be fascinating. They'll uh, all be like, yeah, yeah, send the chemtrails down on these peasants. Yep. Now, what do you think the chemtrails are, are actually doing in heart? What do you think? I mean, I mean I've always been a, of a belief that they're trying to terraform the planet somehow a little bit. They are trying to. Well, they're they're terrifying it to to meet the needs of our next masters or our present masters. I mean, chemtrails have several purposes. One of them is that they they are lowering our uh, immune systems. They're going to make us live shorter lives. It's a soft kill. It's called a soft kill in military parlance. Another thing they're doing is they are they are spreading diseases, nano, uh, artificially produced nanoviruses. They have they they drop um, genetically engineered insect DNA in these chemtrails, which we then breathe in, and it has the capability to to combine with our own DNA. It changes the DNA of our bodies without us realizing it. People have actually had 
insects hatch inside their bodies and crawl, crawl out through their skin because of this DNA modification. It's a terrifying thing, and it's alien technology being used against us. I love our, that show, Monsters Inside Me. Our own military has declared war on us. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I don't know. All I know is I see that show, Monsters Inside Me, and it makes you wonder. It's, uh, that, that's a crazy show. And uh, what it flies out of people is is just... No. By the way, we have to hit break here. We uh, went right over the break because we all were like so heated into this conversation. That's yeah, so let's take a, a quick commercial break and let's get everything uh, going here for the next next and last segment of the show tonight, guys. Okay, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with Derek Tyler. All right, Bill and Nancy Burns, feature theater fans, listen up. You guys are in for a treat. For the next couple months, as you know, Bill and Nancy are off the air. They're on a little hiatus working on some side projects. Well, guess what? For the next couple months until they return, Jesse Randolph's Euphonaut Radio will be switching time slots to 10 p.m. Eastern till midnight, Monday nights, just to accommodate some live radio till the return of Bill and Nancy Burns. So here we go, guys. Remember this, put it on your calendar for the next couple months. Euphonaut Radio with Jesse Randolph, Christopher J. Brown, and myself will be live Monday nights at 10 p.m. till midnight. And then right after Euphonaut Radio is done, guess what? We have a best of episode with Future Theater. Remember, we've been on the air with them for a couple years now here on PSN Radio. So we're going to play a best of Future Theater episode live. Following you for not radio. So stick around for that, folks. This is Angel Espino once again for PSN Radio. The George Rodriguez Show. Who? I said the George Rodriguez Show. You don't know George Rodriguez? Wasn't he the guy that filled in for Neil Rogers? Yes, that George Rodriguez. What's he like? Oh, he's a short little Cuban feller. Kind of funny looking. Well, when's he on? 12 to 3, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on SoFloRadio.com and SoFloRadio.net. The George Rodriguez Show is much more than adequate. Back now, Euphonaut Radio, Monday night. Jesse Randolph here with uh, the Honorable Chris J. Brown and the Angel of Ufology talking with our guest for the past two hours, Derek Tyler, about a new book uh, that he has written. It's taken him quite a while to get through not only the pages but emotionally. Alien Contact, The Difficult Truth. Welcome back, Derek. Uh, With the time that we have left, uh, I'm going to segue into part of your book that you said uh, uh, is it, it the, just just the, the, the title of, of what you just said to me on break I wanted to talk about uh, with this question and I want to go into it do you know anyone who has committed suicide because of uh, abduction I mean it seems it would go, it would be a uh, justified thing I don't personally know, know anyone but it has certainly happened um, it's it becomes a very difficult thing because we're trained to not believe that it's true. And so a lot of people will think that they've gone crazy. And the other problem is there is no support system for this, for abductees. There's no place to go. There's nobody to talk to. And it's a heavy burden, man. To, and, and then you have to work it out all by yourself or not at all. There's no place to turn. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot for of me, it can't seems, do it. It seems as though it, it would be uh, something very natural to think about if you were dealing with something like this for years. Now, before we go into the book, you also mentioned, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that these episodes for you have ceased. They they have greatly tapered off, and I, I don't. I mean, it's it's gone from several times a week to maybe once or twice a year now. Although I must say, they still occasionally try to to perform ab- astral abductions. And the day that my book was published, they came that very night and tried to abduct me astrally. They, could first- they? You know, it's it's a stressful thing for you that's happened, and and. Could of they course. put those memories yeah. out? Could they? Could they know? And they know that this that the, that it's like this for you. Could they put them out of your head so much now uh, be, that you can't ever really remember? Unless it's just kind of an odd thing. Maybe it's still happening, but they've been able to really embed them deep down in your head, to where you know they're heavy. It's implanted. possible. It's possible, but I don't think that that's the case because. Um, I was I could I could usually tell when I'd been taken even if I couldn't remember what happened. Um, yeah. I got I got to where I could tell that it that they were coming. I could tell that it it had happened when I woke up. But even and and they do even myself and I have lots of memories as you'll see in the book. But ninety five percent of the memories have been erased and I don't remember them at all. Well, let's get into the book while we have time because I want you to be able to talk about it. You decided to write this book and. It took you two years, but you said during the break that only one of the chapters uh, is involving abduction, correct? Yes, sir. I've, okay, I've studied this now what for, the rest of the book is about. I've studied this for all of my adult life, and I had my first sighting when I was six years old, so I've been interested in it all my life, basically. And I've, through a, through a bizarre combination of good luck and being in the wrong place at the wrong time, I've... I've learned more about this than I could have ever imagined would be possible. And um, when I first started to write the book, I wondered if I had enough. I, first of all, I didn't do this for for money like some authors do. I, I did this because I feel it's my responsibility to tell people, my brothers and sisters of the human race, what is going on. Somebody has to tell who understands what's happening or they can get away with this forever. We're We're all in tremendous amount of danger right now that we don't, realize because they're not blasting apart our cities with laser beams but we are under attack and i felt that it was my responsibility to write this book to make people aware of what was happening and by the time i got into it the information that i wanted to present to people kept expanding and expanding and it's i'd hope to originally i'd hope to put it all in one book it's going to take four or five books i mean this is going to end up being a series before i can get all that information that i have that i want to share with people out and it's important. You, I guarantee you that you've never read a book like this before. It'll make your head spin and your jaw drop, and you'll never look at things the same way again if you read this book. And you can get it at Amazon.com, Alien Contact, The Difficult Truth. And I, I recommend you do it. There's nobody that's going to complain about it. Nobody's going to want their money back. I promise you that. Well, I want to read it for sure. But didn't you describe to me during the break there was uh, part of the book was describing something about us making a skeptic cry? Yeah. Yeah, I, Tell me about that. I had always felt that I could destroy the skeptical position in a debate. And it just so happens that a friend of mine, a guy that I went to high school with, is now a world-class scientist. He's probably the world's top authority on 
on atmospheric engineering and radar. He uh, he's a university professor, but he he also he sidelights. Uh, he's worked at HARP and he's worked at the Arecibo um, Telescope Array. He's the smartest person I've ever met, and he agreed to debate me in public on Facebook. He doesn't believe in alien contact, and I figured I wanted the smartest, most qualified person in science that I could find to try out my arguments on. They probably figured it would probably take so a week. So is this going to happen, or it happened? No. I figured it would probably take a week or so. We went at it for three and a half years on Facebook in public, and the, the result was he was completely crushed. He, had, he didn't have a chance because the skeptical position, it's not because he did anything wrong. The skeptical position is full of as many holes as Bonnie and Clyde's car door. And if you, if you examine it closely, you'll find that the only way to hold it is to actually abandon science. You have to be willing to ignore evidence. You have to be willing to say that you've, you've found the answer without conducting a proper investigation. You have to, you have to take the position that 150 million people all report seeing an alien spacecraft and there's not a single one of them that's competent to tell you what they were actually seeing. That's that something like that has never happened in the history of the human race. It's it's so unlikely that it's never happened once. And they are putting all their eggs in one basket. If one single person is right, and if one single photo is of an alien spacecraft, then we've got company. Well, how, what happened at the end of the Facebook war? At the end of the Facebook Debate. war, he he was so he was so. Uh, desperate that he finally said can you prove that these spaceships aren't actually flown by magical intelligent dolphins in interstellar, in interstellar wonder ships this is a world-class scientific authority reduced to asking me that when a, when a world-class scientist asks you that ridicule he, he's dead in the water and i i said you yeah know, so he's gonna just said, try to smear you i said yeah i can prove it i said dolphins don't have any opposable thumbs they couldn't hold the blueprints and they'd get waterlogged under there. I said, "There's." I said, "I said honestly, I appreciate your time, but I don't have time to answer questions like that, because yeah. because that's, you know, if well, that's, that's the best question you can come with, you have no more ammunition." That's the common problem with a lot of these guys, whether it's uh, Michael from Skeptic Magazine or whether it's Bill Nye or whether it's one of these other characters uh, from NASA, that uh, member Oberg and, and right. guys like that, uh, they don't have the bandwidth. No, uh, and they have, to ignore, they have to ignore evidence because it doesn't fit in with their predetermined solution. For instance, ask them how they explain all the statements by astronauts and cosmonauts. Scott Carpenter said there was never a single NASA mission that went up that wasn't followed by, by alien spacecraft. Are they going to say that he's crazy or a liar? Or are they going to say that... Are fighter pilots that turned astronauts aren't qualified to tell the difference between an alien spacecraft and a, a, a turtle dove? They can't, they can't impute those witnesses. Any one of those witnesses from the astronaut corps that spoke about alien spacecraft, if they were called into a court of law and said they saw you robbing a 7-Eleven and shoot a man, you'd be going to death row. That's the credibility they have. I guess the problem, Derek, and you can understand, I would imagine, uh, people really have is – the lack of physical evidence. And if you believe that all this activity is going on, a la, you know, guys like Randy Kramer, Captain Randy Kramer, guys like Andy B, Andy Visaggio, I don't know how you feel about those characters, but um, they, they speak about this dark space program where, you know, we're all over 
our own backyard here on different planets doing different things with yeah. buildings and bases and all this stuff. And I guess the regular Joe, and I don't blame them, is going – and myself – I'm not seeing any of this. So you're not you're I, not seeing it because you're not meant to see it. Um, Basaggio is a friend of mine. His 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 uh, partner in crime on Mars. His name is William White Crow. He's a good friend of mine, and I can spot a fraud a mile away. And I'm telling you, William White Crow is like talking to Yoda, man. He's every word he speaks is the truth. It's unlikely sounding as a story can be. And he's speaking the truth. That secret space program, it's for real. You'll never see in your lifetime a public mission back to the moon or any public mission to Mars. We've, we've already gone there, and we go there regularly. But the public will never know because yeah, both of those thing, bodies Bisag- are already Bisaggio, occupied. Basaggio was only claim to proving anything was a blurry image, uh, which he says it was him as a child in the past. Yes. and. That right. really is, is the, the only, only physical evidence. That's the only physical evidence. And to be honest, if that's the only thing you have, it's better not to even put that out because you're going to make yourself well, look like a fool. I, and I that's agree. exactly what he's done. He, he made himself I think, look like a fool. I and think then he, he has the nerve, he, then he has the nerve to say he's running for president, which he's not, because if he was running for president, where has he been in the campaign during the, the, the last few months? I mean, where exactly has the guy been? He hasn't been debating anybody. So he's made himself look like a fool again. And to be honest with you, this, to me, Bisaggio, with the white crow, I don't know, I don't know him too well, but anybody who uh, talks about what they're talking about comes off to me at times as disinformation. A lot of that comes well, off as just I, disinformation. I Even I uh, right. Lauren, Lauren let's, Eisenhower, let's, who we had on our show just years ago. Yeah, no, but, okay. I know. Laura, let, yeah, let, let Derek respond because he's friends with some of these folks. Laura know, Eisenhower. Laura Eisenhower is a very sincere person, but she's not the sharpest tack in the box, and she doesn't I know really understand what's going on. Um, I agree with you about Bassagio. I think he should have. I, I don't know why he decided to say those things because they're they're almost impossible to believe, despite the fact that that he's not he's actually not lying. But to the general average person who hears that. There's no reason that you're going to believe something, a story like that, because it's too far out. We don't have, we're not allowed to see any information that would make us think that story could be true. You see. Not only is it too far out, it, like the the photo itself is, it's. I mean, it comes off very right. shady. I, when I you don't put know. Up, when you put up a picture, okay. it's a picture. Uh, it's a picture in the. I guess we went back supposedly to the Civil War era. I'm yeah. Not sure exactly the day. I've seen but anyway, it's a, it's a picture of him as a kid supposedly interacting with with folks there. But you have one faces. picture of him right in front of the uh, whatever it is the, the yeah, Hindenburg or something like that, right? But was it the no, Hindenburg no, before it no, went no, down? No, no, it wasn't the Hindenburg. It's got, I, I, I don't know about that address, I believe. Yeah, that's the one, Gettysburg. That's the one. There he is. I mean, I can't speak about the photo. I I've never talked to him about that, and I. I don't know anything about it, but but what he what he said is not it's physically it's it's technically possible for us to do that. And well, yeah, there's technically technically you know technically possible to do that. No, no kidding. In fact, if you believe that we have black budget projects, I guarantee you, we're zipping around the cosmos right now and going to Mars, Pluto, Uranus, wherever. I mean, we're we have technologies that it's far beyond anything we could think of. But you know that doesn't mean that everything he's saying is particularly true. He might have just you know, hey, he's been around, he's heard stories. Uh, he's a smart enough individual where he's, he came up with a, a nice story that people believed. And because these things are probably happening for real, you know, people are, are buying into it. But where he comes up with that image, that's where I got to call Batsquatch. I mean, I, that, you, he loses me completely on that would image. Would you like to hear the campaign slogan I wrote for him? Yeah, please, because nobody else is ever going to hear it. <laughs> I, no. 
I'm Andrew Bisaggio. I'm running for president. I'm, I'm a person, regular person just like you. I'm a hardworking, patriotic American who just happened to spend 20 years on Mars shooting down pterodactyls and, and exploring the Martian terrain. Right. <laughs> I mean, he, that's a winner. Well, it's better All than right. he's got. Oh, he's in on. Ohio. You guarantee they're going to walk him. I find him fascinating. I find him fascinating, Derek. The, the thing about the evidence is um, there's, there's, there's two things about the evidence. The first is evidence has been produced, but there is no evidence that will ever be accepted by the scientific community because as soon as they accept one piece of evidence as being legitimate, their whole skeptical world falls into a pile of matchsticks around them. And so there is no evidence that they will accept. They, they won't accept uh, implants that have been removed from people. It wouldn't matter if you brought them an interstellar warp engine tomorrow and said, here it is, I stole it off a starcraft, a starship. The, the first thing they would do is say, can you prove that wasn't made on Earth? Well, how do you prove a negative? You can't. So it's... How do you steal the interstellar warp? drive exactly. and just what, walk around with it, first of, of all. What kind of, proof, <laughs> what kind of proof are they expecting people to produce? Well, you're, but here's, here's the thing, though, and you got to keep this in mind, with the way technology is today, any 12-year-old in his mom's basement can CGI you whatever the heck he wants you to believe. You right. know, UFOs flying around, aliens laying on a table. I mean, you can CGI the crap out of things that make it look real as hell. And That's even right. before CGI was so prevalent and useful... Uh, and used by so many folks, we had, you know, the alien uh, autopsy video in the 90s that fooled millions of people to believe in it. So the hoaxes has been going around in ufology since before Roswell and Roswell the, and after Roswell. Are the, the biggest, the biggest enemy to honest ufologists. But you, you've also got pictures of a fleet of UFOs over the Eisenhower White House two nights in a row that were broadcast on the national news. Right. And nobody's, yeah. nobody can explain those away, and nobody can account for them. Um, you obviously, guess. if you try to walk, if you try to walk away from a crashed space, a crashed spacecraft with a piece of the ship in your pocket, you're going to be arrested or shot. You're, they're not going to let you get out in the public with that stuff because the, if the truth about alien contact came out, the very first thing that would happen is about half of our government would have to be shot for treason, including including every yeah. president since Kennedy and all of our military leaders. They would have to be shot for treason because we are working side by side in underground bases with hostile aliens that are attacking our world. And, and mm-hmm. our military yep. has declared war on us as a result. That's it. Well, unfortunately, that's, 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 right there, yep. that is what happened. Well, you know what? We are coming to that point of the show. So you know what, yes. Derek? Can you give everybody information of where they can get a hold of you and yeah. your site, your website, and all that super good stuff? Sure. Um, my website's just... It's not even online yet, but it will be soon. You can get the book, Alien okay. Contact, The Difficult Truth. It's on Amazon.com by Derek Tyler. I run a Facebook group that's got about 7,500 members, including basically the cream of the crop of ufology. It's called UFOs and Alien Contact. Um, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on Facebook. I'm easy to get hold of, Derek Tyler slash 665. Look me up. I'll be glad to talk to anybody. I'm sorry that I was so nervous about this tonight, but it's the the hypnotic. I I mean, I've done hundreds of radio shows. I'm not nervous. It's the hypnotic. He's co-hosted a bunch of radio shows also right here on PSN Radio with uh, our good friend Deborah. Yeah. Well, and I was was on uh, that show, too, but you weren't there that night. So, yep. If you you want to learn some more truth about, uh, you know, people don't know who to believe and who to not believe. Um, Let me tell you, you can also trust... The work and the, the writings of, of James Bartley, uh, Paul Schrader, and William Whitecrow, they're very good at what they do. 
Bob Dean, he's very good at what he does. Um, some of the others, I, I wouldn't trust him as far as I can throw him. Well, they ain't nowhere to stand with uh, Visaggio and Eisenhower. The, the thing about Visaggio is it, it doesn't matter <laughs> because out of the box is what this stuff is all about. And you, you Yeah, well, you know, not, Jesse, I, I'd love to have him on the show so I could debate him. Yeah, you should, of course. You should, you should get should. William White Crow on your show. He's a, he's a great guy. He's a, an American hero, in fact. And uh, he's he, he will he'll make your hair stand on end. It's like talking oh, he to was, Yoda. He was on uh, with Deborah a few weeks back. Yeah, few we've interviewed back. him yeah. several times. He's, he's a good friend of yeah, ours, actually. He's a nice guy. I will tell you. I will say that. Yeah, he's he's American. Well, it's Indian. hard to ask the t- sometimes it's hard to ask the tough questions too because mm. people are really nice, and then you don't want to get into a, a tiff with them. Yeah. But listen, yeah. we got a jet. We're out of time, and I want to thank you for being on. I want to wish My you pleasure. good luck with the book, and Thanks. I'm going to get a copy as soon as I uh, get a chance to support it. And I want to wish everyone a happy week. Uh, you've been listening to Euphonaut Radio, Jesse Randolph, Chris J. Brown, and the Angel of Ufology. Yes, and sir. we're excited next week for our guest next week, which I'm going to keep a secret right it, now. It, yeah, I guess it is a secret. Yes. <laughs> Everyone else, stay safe, stay stay happy. The Pacific Northwest is the best place on Earth. Take care, everyone. See you next Monday.